Great Scott! The Great Scott Show. And as they head into the final furlong, all of the other radio stations and radio hosts are left in the wake of a keen turn of speed by the Great Scott Show, the champion! With Scott Prather. Steal the show. Great Scott Show. I'm Scott Prather, and uh, it is Thursday, April 7th, in studio with me for the whole hour is former NFL and UL wide receiver James Butler, who said, I mean, when the man texts and he's like, I got some things to say. I'm like, well, I don't want to hear about it via text. Why don't you just come into the studio, save it, you know, save it for the... For the fine listeners of this great station. I mean, they requested it, right? I mean, Good morning. Back, back by popular demand. Back like I said. by popular demand. You know, I mean, what do you want, man? You I know? would say that, you know. They want to hear my takes because they know that they're factual. <laughs> and they know. What's so funny? <clears throat> they know they're factual. Yeah, definitely. Okay. All right. Definitely. Hey, go on. Every time I ask you, what did I say that, that hasn't and been I, fact? Right. Then always... I start listing stuff, and then you start, you know, kind of wiggling out of it, saying, no, well, it could not... have been true, but this happened or that. I mean, what's wrong with that? I mean, yeah. I mean, you yeah, know. Yeah, the sky's red. I proved me wrong. Well, I just walked outside. It's not. It, 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 it could it, be, though. It, but, but, it, does it, but it could be. It doesn't make your statement factual. But it could be red, though. It's not. Under, under uh, different circumstances. Um, <laughs> It's this doesn't work on on your girl, does these arguments? Uh, they don't they don't work, do they? Look, man, I appreciate the gift that you gave me uh, a couple minutes ago. I appreciate it. I think we should talk about you know um, the potential. Well, I figured you you being a huge baseball guy, we're just in here to talk about MLB opening day. Okay, yeah, we can talk about that. All right, who's your team? Not anybody. Not the Braves. <laughs> I'll tell you that much. Um. <laughs> We'll talk some baseball in the 8 o'clock hour. Brad Topham's going to join me uh, around 8.30, 8.40. We'll talk about UL's win last night uh, at La Tech, down 6-1. Uh, Cooper comes in. Cooper Rawls, fantastic. Cajuns win at 8-6. Cajun softball, very disappointing loss in 13 innings last night, 6-5 in Lake Charles. We're going to dig into some of that in the 8 o'clock hour, as well as the Masters. My friend Andy Malosoff from golfballs.com. Uh, he knows a ton of golf. And... Um, yeah, we'll talk Masters. It's funny, I, I like anyone suggesting Tiger Woods shouldn't play in it or he might not make the cut or whatever. You don't, you don't watch a ton of golf, do you? Before I answer that question, I want to ask you: Do you know how to play golf? I'm terrible at golf. No, but you know how to play. I mean, would describe know how to play. Like, are you like advanced? No, of course okay. not. I was just so basically, no. top golf is your ceiling, pretty much. No, I mean, yeah. Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> no, like so. So Tiger, but my point—the point I'm getting at—is you walked in and I mentioned something about the message, and you—you you, first thing you asked about was Tiger Woods, right? And like that's the point. Like it, having him there, yes, it it takes a lot of attention, and golf will gladly take that 
every single day of the week. When you have right. casual fans are like, when is Tiger teeing off today? That are that are not huge golf folks that are interested in following the Masters Thursday morning, right when the first round starts. And that's that's the Tiger effect. Now, I don't think he has any shot to win it at all um, or anything like that. But you know, we'll we'll get into the Masters in the in the eight o'clock hour as well. Some baseball talk. You uh, you had some some Saints and Pelicans things on your mind that you wanted to get off your chest. Yeah, but you say you don't think Tiger is going to win the Masters. Who you think is going to take it if you don't think he's going to win it? I just I, I I would not place any money on a guy that's having trouble walking to win the Masters. You know, okay. I just wouldn't. I wouldn't. I'm not placing any money. Period. But I don't know. Let's, let's place Hopefully a, not Bryson DeChambeau. That guy's a guy's a tool. Let's place a little wager on Tiger winning it based on this picture that you have in the studio of the 2014 Southern and Raging Cages game that I really want. So let's place a wager on that. That Tiger's going to win. Well, that's not that's not a picture. It's a gigantic soundboard that you have to have in well, a radio studio. Same thing. It's also not mine. Who is it for? Town Square Media. Well, I mean... You just want to take... You want to stick this giant soundboard out of the studio and he wants somehow to talk his way into it. I mean, you you can have to place this bet with my boss. Just go and be like, Okay, that's fine. But that just goes to show me that you don't believe in your bet because if you believed in what you were saying, then you would have no problem betting this soundboard. I don't... don't, I'll bet my own money. You want to do that? Yeah, we can do that. Okay. Two (laughs) dollars. Oh, if you... I'll bet a thousand dollars. I'm not doing that. Oh, see, there you go. Well, you're not that confident, I'm James. See, that. see how it works both ways. I'm not doing see that. this. Look at that. That's crazy, man. He bet two dollars. So what's wrong with that? Two dollars. I thought you were confident. I didn't say I was confident were, in this. You were I was saying that you. I wasn't, and I said I don't bet other people's stuff. Like I'm, I bet, I bet my own. I bet things that I own. Check. Let me check my bank account. Make sure I have it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> ESPN Live. Yeah, best ticket in sports. James Butler is in the house. Um, all right. So, you 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 excited about the Saints? About that trade? <laughs> you excited that the way their offense played last year? The one addition they've made this offseason to this point was Andy Dalton, who, by the way, by signing him to a one-year, $3 million deal in the gates of future third-round compensatory pick they could have gotten had Teron Armstead left. Would anyone trade a third-round pick for Andy Dalton? Hell no. But the point is, the offense, they better hit in this draft on the offense, and they better hit in a big, big way. That's why everyone said that. You don't think I'm crazy for saying this, but it wouldn't be the first time. But that's why I think they're taking those two picks and going two receivers, honestly. Two receivers? I think so. Two receivers? That's what I would do. In the first round? Uh, yep. I mean, first of all. What's the problem with that? The, I, I get, I get. it's tough to go receiver in first round where it's like a knockout the park. They're, I feel like they're more first round bust of receivers than other positions. Man, that's fine. Then we're going to have to take a chance. Two receivers. You're getting Michael Thomas back. You don't want to do two. You've got you've got you've got a giant hole of tight end. You, you your left tackle is now gone. We, you we do got, need we receivers. All that, you though, don't. Man. Kamara's going to miss time. Solved what? We got James Hurst, man. James Hurst. Wow, he's, he's ready. He's ready right now. Good Listen, starting left tackle. That's we, your guy. We can take the Cincinnati Bengals formula 
all day and say, forget these old linemen moves. We need receivers. We need people to throw the ball to. Really? And so, that and that's what we're gonna do. We're gonna the, get the, two the receivers. Bing, the Bengals approach of of just having um Joe Burrow, is that that's the Bengals approach? I mean, okay. Well, that, they don't you, have the Saints. Don't you know have how, Burrow. but they have James Winston though. Okay. So you think that I'm, those, I'm very think confident that they're they're equals? I'm not saying that they're equal. I'm you saying James, given the chance, James Winston's just a mobile guy that's going to hold up coming off of a major injury behind a, a shoddy. To your, I mean, your. I mean, first of all, the Saints. It's the it's time out, time out, time out. Didn't Joe Burrow come off of ACL injury? The year before last, yeah, he did. Oh, okay, yeah. So, so I, I see some similarities. One guy is better than the other. Uh, okay, one guy needs the chance to show that he Stop. he can be better. What? I'm just saying. So, listen. You can't go too first. All right. Let, 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 now we're getting off track. The draft is draft is. We'll get back to to where they should go in the draft. I want your thoughts on the the trade, the actual trade. I mean, they Man, gave up. They gave up a lot. It, yeah, they did. But it, it's it's one of those things where. I can't really give a, a grade on it until I see what the picks are. You know what I'm saying? I got to tell you something. I'm actually proud of you right now. Why? I can't believe that you're 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 taking the objective right approach. Oh to wow! This. I'm what, serious. What did I say? What did no, I? no. I'm I'm actually I'm I'm being serious. I'm complimenting you. I fully expected you to come on here and be like, <laughs> best thing ever. They can do no wrong. Here's the deal. I looked at it, and I guess because of. I have not been a fan of their offseason to this point. Um, I was, when I first saw it, I was like, what, like, what, are, you, what are they doing? If, if Think of it from the Eagles' standpoint, okay? Right. The Eagles, they they traded the 16th overall pick. They already had move, three. To move back, you know, um, uh, to, to basically move back two spots because the Saints and Eagles swapped. By doing that, they got they traded a 16th overall pick basically for a first rounder next year a 2024 second an extra third rounder this year who do you think got the better end of the deal but once i had time to actually like sit back and be like you know what it it, it really it, it only matters what the saints do with it they have to hit both picks because yep. if they only hit on one of them everyone will say well you could have had the one that you hit on anyway by just staying put. You didn't have to get rid of a future first that you wasted on this bum you just signed and it, it turned into a bust. If you miss on both of them, then you're in really big trouble. If you hit on both of them, everyone will get over it. They're like, yeah, those are good picks. Good job. Well done. So, it, yes, you need to wait and see what happens and the grade, you know, we're, we rush to, to – it's one thing if you're trading a player for a player. Mm-hmm. I get those instant grades, mm-hmm. but when it's like draft assets and future things, mm-hmm. you don't know how they're going to turn out. Right. That's why I say get two receivers, man. Well, I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't do that. But I mean, you are who, who a former do? NFL receiver, so of course you lean that way. Why would you get two of the same position when you got holes all over them? No, no, it, that's a gigantic hole. Okay, like we need. Even though you know, I love Callaway. You know that. I mean, we had this conversation last year, but I just think we need. More adept at that position. I don't. I don't. If we're not going to sign free agents, we need. You desperately need. We tight need. End. Desperately, we got to take some head tight end. Yeah, that's, okay, that's not. That's, we, that's. I think it's telling about how bad the Saints' tight end position is. And we have Juwan Johnson. That no. That Taysom Hill instantly was the best tight end on the roster. That's not a compliment to Hill as much as it is a detriment to the Saints and their tight ends. Didn't we just sign a tight end? Uh, PJ, a guy that's you know played a couple of games. Uh, I like how you said a tight end. 
Yeah, I didn't, like, know, I didn't know his name. I feel like if the Packers, whenever they signed James Butler, the fans were like, we signed a receiver, we're good. Yeah, we're good, yeah. I mean, because they, they just didn't know who I was. You know, if I had a there fair was chance. A, there was some guy in Wisconsin that's like, oh, crap, man, we need a receiver. Oh, no, we just signed that James Butler guy. Yeah. Pass me the cheese. Yeah, for sure. And they all celebrated, man. They did. They all celebrated when they found out. Whenever they, whenever they released you, they were, I was mad. I was ticked off. I wasn't. What do you mean you weren't? I wasn't. I you weren't wasn't upset. At, you were no, ready. No, I was like, okay. <laughs> it was just. It was just. Was it? Were you expecting it? Not really. But I was just like, okay, like I appreciate it. Thank you guys. And then that's when I told you I got the. <laughs> it's funny, but I got the call from Boris because he got released at the same time. And you know, like I don't know if Boris anyone knows. Yeah, got so released by the Atlanta Falcons. It's same day, terrible franchise. Same time, terrible, terrible friend. And he was saying, you know, so once they release you, they can fly you out anywhere of your choice. And he was like, "Hey, man, just tell them let's go to Ho- just send us to Hawaii, man. Let's just go to Hawaii for a little while and then come back, you know." And I was like, "Nah, man, I'm going home." You know? <laughs> I don't really. Wait, they said that would send you to just. They they'll fly you anywhere you want to go. So then you would have to, <laughs> you'd have to pay for a ticket out of Hawaii. Yeah, I mean that's fine. That's you know, that's a that's a long expensive flight. I know. Hey man, let's go. To, what would you have done when you got there? I don't have no like, idea. Boris, but he like, was just like, let's go. Let's just go to the halfway across the world. I know. Yeah. So that's what happened to me, man. So I wasn't really upset, but you know, because honestly, I thought I was going to get another opportunity. That's why. Yeah. Which I kind of did, but... What do you mean you kind of did? Um, They contacted... They contacted my agent. Green Bay? Like that. Yeah, and they were trying to get me up there to play for the arena team that's across the street oh, okay. or something like that. And they were trying to get me to like stay in shape and all this other stuff, and I was like, nah, I'm good. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not doing that. Go ahead and start my career. Arena 2 League in Green Bay. Yeah, I'm not. I didn't even know they had a... But but to their credit, though, they really were taking guys from that arena team and working them out. And, like, like, I remember the quarterback that I went for my workout to get signed came from over there, and they were working them out to potentially sign them. It's cost-efficient, right? Whenever you have a guy in town and they just have to walk across the street. Right. Quick. Oh, shoot, we had two injuries. We need somebody... Need an extra practice body this week. Let's just get someone from across. Right. Not that not 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 to say that those guys aren't don't deserve the don't deserve it. But when it's someone at the very end of a you know practice squad or something mm-hmm. like that, they're like, we need something quick. We need something convenient. Yep. Hit me up. And I wasn't about to. I was like, I'm done. This is it for me. Let me hang out my cleats, man. Go uh, go pursue law enforcement. Literally, like go pursue. <laughs> go pursue. Law enforcement. Yeah, man. James Butler, a state trooper. Day off. He's got a lot of errands, but he wanted to come in here. And uh, I think he has some Lakers slander, which we'll get into in a little bit. Uh, your boy Troy checks in. Oh, man. Says he might not like the Braves, but they're still the world, world champs. Why? I see. I shouldn't have said that. I shouldn't have said it. Shouldn't have said what? Anything about the Braves. Who cares? I don't like the Braves. I mean, they're the world champs. I can't stand it, but they're the champions. You just got to deal with it. Yeah, you're right. You know, so I'll tell you who champion. won't be the champions: the Dolphins. That's who won't be the champions. Wait, what, what do the Dolphins have? I don't to know. Do I just this? wanted to throw that out there. I don't know. I just, I just wanted to say that. Why? I just want. I don't know. Something just compelled me to say that. I don't know what did. I just, it just came out. The uh, the Pelicans play tonight 
against the Trailblazers in New Orleans, 7 o'clock. They have three regular season games left. Uh, after starting 1-12, and 12, they are uh, in the play-in aspect, play-in portion of the postseason, but I uh, have a little work to do to make sure they get to at least host the play-in game. And if they win that, they would take on the loser of Minnesota and L.A. The Clippers just got Norman Powell back. Clippers also put it on the Pelicans. I know. Hells went 3-1 and one on that road trip, but that, that 1L was... Uh, yeah, it was crazy. Was smacking. And you know... I- I didn't watch the game, but the score was so like it was a, by a crazy margin. I had the, I was like, wait, is Brandon Ingram playing? Like I was questioning if they pulled some guys like in the third quarter. It was just like this ain't our night. <laughs> hey, you have some like that. I was like, is Brandon Ingram playing this game? Because it just seemed like we were just getting demolished, dude. I don't know, but that's why I like if if we do play them. To me, I much rather play the Timberwolves than the Clippers. I would. A bad Timberwolves are real bad matchup for the Pelicans. Timberwolves, but I feel Timberwolves like the Clippers are, are too, though. No, the Clippers had a night. They, they played this year. That was the only time the Clippers beat the Pels. Okay, and they beat them bad. But the other right. times they, I, I think, from a matchup standpoint, look, sometimes that happens in the NBA. You just get yeah. beat. I, I, I think it's going to be tough for the Pelicans to beat the Spurs. But what's the? What's I'm still. The, I'm not going to pick against the Pels, right? Right. But that's if there's a, if there's a team that's like. Savvy enough to just do the little things and beat you in a moment like that, it would be a Greg Popovich. Spurs. Yeah, you're right. I mean, it's they, they they beat the Pels the last time they played, but um, that's going to be the matchup, and the Pelicans need to do some work to make sure they get to host that game. I'm not worried about the Spurs. I'm trying to get this. I'm trying to get in this playoff seat. I'm trying to play the Suns. Yeah. Well, you should and you upset should them to get to yards. Now, no, let's, what? Let's, let's slow, slow, slow down. What? What did slow, I say? Slow down. Slow down. Tell me. Tell me what your prediction is. Upset the Suns. I told you that. I just so, said wait, it. So you you are saying today that the Pelicans will will win a first round playoff series against the one seed. Why you have to break it down like that? What do you mean? Why do I have to point? Why out? do you have to know? Because you're, you're saying I that you land it out like that. No. From you to make sure. No. no, the reason I do it is because I know you'll try to wiggle out of it. <laughs> is that your? Is that your? Prediction? You're right because that's exactly what I was. Is that your prediction? <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I I predict that we're gonna be. Wait, wait, wait. Back this up for a second. Say it again. What am I predicting? Because I want to make sure I say the right thing. You're predicting that the Pelicans will win both play-in games okay. and then win a first-round series as an as an eight seed or or nine, whatever you want to call it, against the number one seeded Phoenix Suns in 2022. Yes, James. In 2022, I'm just asking because you know we could say 24. Yes, or 20, yes, yeah, yes or no. Uh, yes. That's what I'm saying. Why don't you just predict them to win it all this year? No, I didn't say that. I didn't say that. Uh, I think the Pelicans will win a play-in, and then it's going to be tough. That second play-in on the road, short rest, probably traveling to L.A., that's probably where the season ends. I'm praying. I'm praying it doesn't. Because it's it's fun right now. It's like whenever it's fun, I've watched a lot of seasons where it is not fun. How can you call yourself a fan and you come on here and say something like that? We've had this discussion many times, James. It's... There's there's fandom and there's objectivity. No, there's not. Yes, there is. No, there's it does, not. It doesn't make sense to you because you're not in broadcasting. Nah, man, I I just can't come on here and okay, say something. Okay, well then like why that. didn't you pick them to win it all? 
because I don't oh, know if Zion's going to come back oh, or not. See, no, no. But I, that doesn't make How can you call yourself a fan and come in here and predict that they'll lose? Because I don't know if Zion, if Zion comes back. How can you call yourself a fan? Listen, I'm the same guy that said. Yeah, I flip it right back nah, to nah, you. Nah, nah, you like, I'm about to flip it right back to you. No, you're not. I'm the same guy that said. Trevor Simeon was going to take us to the problem. <laughs> That's how you're going to flip it back to, to point out that you're ridiculous? Hold on, time out. We're not even going to get into that. But the point I'm trying to make is I can't come on here and say things like that against my team, man. I just can't. So, yeah, we're going to we're gonna you just, you, just, you just said that they were going to not. At some point, that you said that basically you said they're going to lose in the second round. No, are I didn't say that. I didn't say that. Are they going to win in the quarterfinals? I didn't say that. If, I'm asking if Zion right? comes back, we're winning the championship. What if he doesn't? He won't. What happens? When are, if he don't come back, I can't. I can't answer that because I don't know if he's going to come back or not. See how? See how? This what? Work. This doesn't. I know this doesn't work with your girl when you try these arguments. <sighs> she probably nah, shuts these things down like for sure. That for sure. You start talking, she's like, "Stop! Go pick up your." Listen, son. I run this house. Take him. Home. <laughs> <laughs> I hope she ain't listening right now. Nah, I was just playing. I was just playing. I was just playing. <laughs> She's not listening right now. James just got a little nervous. Nah, bro. Hey, I ain't gonna lie. What I wanted else? to ask you. I wanted to ask you. I seen one of your tweets. Speaking of the subject, I seen one of your tweets about the bet that you made against Kansas. Oh, and you and I thought about what you said, like you when your you and your wife was watching the game and she was watching it. With the sole purpose because she knew that you had money on the line, so I wanted to ask you about that. Like, did you? So, how did that work out for you? I lost the bet. They so, what was they, the, 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 So, I had Kansas minus four and a half. Here's the story: I was at the national championship game Monday. Mm-hmm. I had no money on the game. Mm-hmm. I had a little bit to drink, mm-hmm. and I was in a suite and met the governor of Kansas. Didn't know she was the governor; just mm-hmm. a nice old lady. Then I found out later. I'm like, oh yeah, okay. So I tried to have some decorum. Wow. So you and, met the governor of Kansas? Yeah, and and I asked her about like Rock Chalk Jayhawk. Like, oh, where does the where does the where did that start? And I you know, she she told the story, but I was again, I was kinda I was kind of buzzed, so like I was nodding my head, but I couldn't mm-hmm. quite keep up with it. Essentially I felt like she said it started from nothing. Like it's not really based on something. But then she talked about the Jayhawk mascot. She's like, I mean, it's just so cute, right? It's like the cutest mascot. I'm like, all right, all right, I guess I'm going to place a bet. And There's no way that's what happened. I put it on Kansas. I should have put it on the Kansas money line, but instead I put it on the spread and, uh, and I just, I just missed out, but it wasn't, it was not near the size of the bet that I had on that Pell's Lakers game. It wasn't even, it wasn't, that was a different thing. And uh, yeah, I'll probably, I'm probably going to step away from betting for a while. <laughs> Though I have some futures bet that I bets that I placed on the Pelicans to win it all. Since you say like, how much? Though I don't think twenty dollars to win like fifteen grand. I mean, it's not going to happen. They're not going to win that? it all this year. So listen, when it happens, but that's the can fan I get a in cut? me. And then the objective part of me, I'm not going to come on here and actually believe it's going to happen. Not this year. Maybe not ever. But I can't believe you know the one part of this story about meeting the governor of Kansas that I took away from that. You know the one you know the one thing I took away from it? What was that? The fact that I was not invited to go to the championship game. Well, buddy, it wasn't my tickets, my friend. That's messed up, man. What wasn't, wasn't my tickets. That's messed up. I wanted to go I wanted to go to, I I actually watched the game. Cool. You want me to give you you mean you mean take back the tickets that I've given you to other stuff? I want to meet, mine? I want to meet the governor of Kansas. I don't I don't know that you do. 
whenever you're in a suite and you, you know you need to have some proper decorum and you've had a little yeah. bit to drink, you got yeah. to kind of mind your p's and q's. You can't go in there and say the outlandish things that James Butler I don't, says. No, I'm I'm, I'm going to keep it very. You know, people like me, man. You know, I, you know, I. I I, I talk with confidence. You know, I shake people's people hands. Like, I'm going to clip them in the that eyes. audio right there of you saying, people like me, man. And I'm going <laughs> to play it every time you come in. I'm just going to have it on standby. People like me, man. You know, so I don't know. I mean, you know, everybody requests me f- for me to be on the show. So why you think I can't meet the governor of Kansas? Everybody. And she's like, of course you could. Why wouldn't you? I didn't say that. You started complaining about why you weren't invited to something that like as if I... You think I have tickets to a suite to the national championship game? You think that's me? Yeah, I no. think you have no. tickets to a lot of sporting events that no. you go to. I get a few Pelicans tickets, man. a lot of which I give to you. I uh, mean, you, you've that's never, true. That's you've never don't, given don't, me Pelicans don't, tickets. Don't, you, know, you know there's a way on that app for me to get those back, right? <laughs> oh, let me hurry up there. Uh, <laughs> let me hurry up there and, and, and take them, man, before you try to do that. 26 after the hour. ESPN Lafayette, the best ticket in sports. Uh, Brad Topham in the 8 o'clock hour. We'll talk... MLB opening day and uh, Cajun baseball, little LSU baseball. Andy Malonson at eight fifteen. We'll talk about the Masters. James Butler in now. It is um, talk to Coach Michael Desermo. Spring game is Saturday. Pro day was this week at UL. Earlier this week, Pro day was at LSU yesterday. Shout out Derek Stingley who posted times four three seven in one of his forty yard dash runs. What do you remember about your uh, your pro day? Well, he what he ran a four three. He ran two. He ran the forty twice. He had times of four three seven and four four four. That's slow, man. I could do that right now. Stop. Just, just. that's slow, man. Really, man. That's crazy. What was your forty time? Four four, four four. What? But also four four five. But also okay. So you were so you were slow then. I was thirty pounds heavier though. You were slow. Then thirty him, pounds then he, heavier. Then he is. What? Now you're making excuses? Uh, look, anyway, so my, my pro day experience, now nah, I'm just playing because I know people are really going to be upset that I said that about that guy. I was just, it was just a joke. He's just joking. I'm just, just a joke because I don't need, anyway, um, <laughs> my, my pro day experience, um, it was crazy. Um, but then I would have to go into. We're here. We're here. Tell me, why the, was it crazy? The poor job that my agent did. Um no, I just, what did you do on your pro Because that, that goes hand in hand. So my 225, I think I did 22 times. Man, um, back when I was lifting, I could do more than that. I mean, I believe you. That was 22? You could do 22. Oh. Yeah. You could probably do more than that now, though, honestly. Yeah, yeah. most likely. Now, yeah. you're you're built different now, but I feel yeah. like 225 on the bench, you could probably do like 28 Scott, to 30 reps. I still got it, bro. No, I, I, I'm not. I still got it. These man. aren't jokes here. These if the Saints call me right now and right, said, now, "Come now, play tight end," that's not a joke. How is we, that? We, we start, how is that I not start real? With a compliment, and then you start taking it to this. You, Scott, I'm it telling takes you, you three seconds to take it to a ridiculous. That's place. not ridiculous. Scott, right, I still that, got right, it. Let's focus. Focus. Back to your pro day. All right. So I did two twenty five, twenty two times, and the Saints clocked me at a four four five and a four five. I want to say. It's four four five and four four seven, something like that, and you know, of course, my routes have always been crisp, crisp, and you know, Pre- precision. So I did all that, and then the Ram Scout came up to me and was like, "Man, like, I don't see you making it out the late rounds with this performance that you just put out." I'm like, "Oh, I appreciate that," and my agent is nowhere to be found. 
to vouch for me, talk to these people, get contacts, none of that. Meanwhile, my best friend is behind me with all 31 teams that came to Pro Day surrounding him and trying to get all his information. Boris and Yama? Yep. Well, we know that his agent failed, too, because we've heard yeah. that. <laughs> like the, the reality is, it's, yeah, it's tough for... There's so many players that... How do I say this by making sure it's a compliment and not a insult? I don't care. You can insult me. If I wasn't good enough, I'd The majority of the NFL are players on minimum salary deals. That right. is the bulk That's of the true. NFL. The majority mm-hmm. of the NFL are players that you don't know about. Maybe right. maybe you're a hardcore fan that knows the players on your practice squad, the last few guys on your roster. You mm-hmm. do you you likely don't know that for the other thirty one teams. So right. like the NFL has a lot of guys that are good enough, I think, to possibly at least break in as a UDFA, maybe practice squad, work their way in, figure it out. But there's not enough agents for all of that. So you will have an agent that basically, I mean, did, how many times did you meet your agent in person? I've never met him in person. Right. Boris hadn't either. Yeah. So it's all done digitally like yep. hey and it's just a long list of all these players and they're hoping one of them hits so that they can then represent them and mm-hmm. then a lot of them don't and they just kind of it is what it is like i i'm not taking up for the agents i'm just saying there's there's not enough of them out there to to give their all no i get it and so it's kind of like if you work somewhere and okay you could sell these 10 things mm-hmm. now these 3 things if you sell them, your commission is going to be really, really high. Right. You sell these other seven things, your commission is going to be probably the, the as as small as it can get. Right. But you could sell them. Man, you're probably going to put more energy into those three things. No, you're right. right. And, and that's, that's crazy. That's, you that's, say how, that. that's how that's how agents work in baseball. I don't I, I don't I don't know as much about baseball or basketball, mm-hmm. but I do know in the NFL, having talked to you and others and some guys that went to LSU and their process of practice squad, I know that that's how it goes. Oh, definitely. And you, you hit it right on the head because my agent called me the whole time we was in the process. He was saying, I'm going to be at your pro day. And then like maybe a day or two before he was like, oh, well, I'm going to go to Florida State's pro day and I have a client. I didn't get upset. I understand. It's Florida State. I get it. I, I I knew that there was a chance I would not be drafted and all this other stuff. So I was like, do your thing, man. It's fine. But I didn't realize until after the process was over with that if I'd have had better representation, I probably would have had a better shot. An op- based on a, An opportunity, at least. Yeah. Right. Like, I, based on the things scouts have told me themselves, based on how I got to Green Bay in the first place, which Based was all on, you. It, which was all me. Just so, but that's crazy to think about. You like, I just sent them. I literally just sent them my highlight tape, and bam, they flew me up. So, imagine if I would have had better just representation. Man, come on, like you know. So, and then I had team like the Jets called me the day before the draft and was like, "Man, we just making sure you know we could get in touch with you." And I, I, don't, I would, I would like. The thing is, I feel like I would love to talk to a former agent. Because if I talk to a current one, mm-hmm. they're not like they're not going to be completely transparent, right? You know, right. you talk to a former one. I wonder if it's like, listen, we have a lot of people in our firm, and to get started, we just give an up and comer all these and just say, figure it out, right? Mm-hmm. I I I, it, I just get the sense that there's not enough supply and demand, and then 
you know, the best agents, they're going to get the best players. And then if you want to work your way up, you better hit on some of these. Well, if you're one young agent trying to hit on something, you're, you're going to hedge to what you think are your best bets. And then you look at draft boards and draft grades and potential mock drafts and all this other stuff that is such an inexact science. And so mm-hmm. there are a lot of players out there that are just it's like, Try to make something happen. Can I tell my can I tell my like quick now, story about that? If you that? have a pro day where you run like a really, really good time, then maybe right. oh, maybe suddenly your agent shows up the next day. But if it's right. a lot of the sort of normal average things, it's like good luck. Hope it works out. Right. Yeah, no, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, no, no. I'm saying can I just tell my my quick story about About what? All of that. About that my like how I even got with this agent. Yeah. I just wanted to just share the story. So did you just Google agent? No, 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 no. <laughs> kidding, no, kidding, no, no kidding. But I think, isn't that what Boris did or something like that? No, so, um, and they had this guy that played at Hornville. Um, his name was Laurent Bird. Chris Lionel knows him. Um, he went to the University of Miami. And then the Cardinals picked him up on a free agency. He didn't get drafted, but they picked him up on a free agency. He made the team, was on the active roster, um, and he was two years older than me. So after I finished my senior year, his agent contacted me and was like, hey, I've been watching your career. Of course, they can't contact you while you're playing. He was like, I've been watching your career. Laurent has told me a lot about you. I want to represent you. I'm like, fine. Because I knew I knew I wasn't going to get drafted. I knew that my path might be sort of similar to where Laurent's was. And I seen the success that he had. So I was like, okay, yeah, I'm going to go with this guy. So my dad, being the dad, I'm not upset about it, was like, nah, I think you need to go with this big name guy who me and your uncle have looked up, and I think this would be the better fit because you would get better exposure and all this other stuff. So I was like, huh, you know what, you're right. I'm going to listen to you. And I went with that big agent, and I let the other guy go. And everything has <laughs> transpired of what we talked about. But so like you've, I th- you've thought about that. Couple yeah. times. No, I, but like but I that said, that agent specifically reached out to you and right. asked for you. Yeah, that's yeah, that's, that should be worth yeah. some. But like I told, like I told my dad, and I tell everybody, I tell the story. I'm not upset by that because he was just doing what he thought was best Absolutely. for me. Absolutely. And I, I appreciate having a dad that's like, you know, I just want to do what's best for you. I can't get upset with that. You know, I'm a father too, so you know, I get it. So, but yeah, so that's what happened. You know, I'm, but I'm not upset about it. I mean, it is what it is. It happened. Things are okay. Okay for you. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't lose doing, sleep at night over it. I really don't. You're doing all right. Got a beautiful family. You get to hang out with me sometimes. Yeah, and man. life's pretty good for Jim. Even Butler. though you don't want to invite me to games and stuff, but you know that's all good. Even true. Give, I literally give given you tickets. How did you get the tickets to the national championship? Game? A friend of mine. A friend of invited yours invited me. A friend of yours. It's crazy how you get these invites. But I don't. It's crazy. It's the only only Final Four slash championship game I've ever been to. It was fun. I don't believe that. It was awesome. It is true. I have a feeling like somehow. I mean, I've never. I can see. Here's the thing. They credential four hundred, like an absurd amount of people for the Final Four. Um, To be honest, I have no interest in applying for a credential for a Final Four in New Orleans, which I could, Mm -hmm. and sitting either. Behind the Kansas student section, which is behind the goals. Keep in mind, this is the Superdome, not like the Smoothie right. King Center. In a, a row of basically kind of like almost like bleacher setup with desks of either with 500, you know, journalists around the country or in the 
basically tippity top of the Superdome uh, underneath an iceberg that they are air conditioners that cool the whole dome or up yeah. there. Yeah. Um, to watch a game, I mean, it's it's not like it's not like it's like going to make a big difference on the show or bring more money into this company by me doing it. So like like no, I I'll just watch just watch the game like on TV. I don't know, man. But friend calls. You want to go to the game with friends? Yeah. You want to sit in a suite? You want to take Tuesday morning off? You want to go to NOLA in the afternoon of the game? And hell yes, that I I yeah, I'll I'll go I'll go tweet from the suite and be a little buzz while I talk to the governor of Kansas. Very nice woman. I I have a question in the statement. My first statement is, um. I feel like this is not a take. Laura Kelly is her name. I didn't even know that. Okay. But I feel like if the Saints go to the Super Bowl, somehow, some way, you're going to be in that game. I don't know how. There's no way. I'll tell you how. Buy a ticket. (laughs) What do you mean you don't know how? Nah, you're going to come back. You're going to say, yeah, man, I just knew someone. Someone asked me if I needed some tickets, and I went to the game. And I'm going to be sitting here like, come on, man. That's not how it works. You know, the national championship game, you could have gone if you wanted. Because here's, here's how it works the final four and this is true wherever they have it the tickets on the regular market are are super expensive but you what you do is you have these hardcore fans of their teams and it was very evident when i was at the game monday night great fan bases a lot of passion a ton of fans leave on saturday when their team loses right they're like i'm kind of down i don't want to stick around here but they have these tickets right. to the oh, game okay. Monday. Okay. And so you could have gotten, granted, it would be in the upper deck, but there were tickets on the secondary market for like 20 bucks yeah. to the national championship game. Okay. Between Kansas and North Carolina, two blue bloods. That might seem crazy. Now, face value, they're probably a lot more than that. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, if you it, the next time the Final Four is in New Orleans, if you want to go to a national championship game, it's not hard. It doesn't cost a lot of money. Would you, now, if you want to go to the game Saturday, that I, I could imagine the Duke UNC that matchup and Coach K, you know, yeah. you know, North Carolina digging the hole and throwing his career in the grave. Tickets to that thing on the secondary market were probably a ton, a ton. Would you have still gone to the national championship game if Duke would would have been in? Yeah, sure. I would have. I probably would have been into it more because I would have been rooting yeah. really hard against yeah. him. It was fun. It actually surpassed my expectations because it was a good game. I thought the I I was you see it on TV. You're like, man, the court. It must be hard to see, mm-hmm. but there's really not a bad angle. Even even up high, you see it better than I. the The visual was better than I expected it to be. And honestly, just the passion of the fan bases, like that energy. I mean, you can't. It was really. It was really cool. I was, and the city was buzzing, which is great. Mm-hmm. I mean, New Orleans needed a week in the state, the economy, all that. Uh, and like you said, the game, it wasn't so much, it wasn't really like a constantly back and forth close game. It was these two gigantic yeah. swings, but it still went down to the wire. It did. And uh, yeah, man, I was I, very grateful uh, to my friend for the invite. I had a great time and I'm glad I got to experience it. And I'm glad it wasn't, you know, um, 1,000 feet up underneath an icebox where I'd have proper decorum and tweet and then drive yeah. back home at 3 in the morning. It was nice to let loose, man. I actually did pick Kansas to win, too. That's the crazy part. But when I said that, 
someone I was talking to was saying that like there's no way, and I was like, I think Kansas. is There's no way they were the better, the one seed. Yeah, I know, but they were trying to say that Kansas had the easiest path to get to that point. They had an easier path. There's a question. And I was like, nah, I think Kansas is going to take it. It was fun. 41 after the hour. I'm Scott. That's James. ESPN Lafayette. Best ticket in sports. Um, LeBron James deleted an old tweet because oh, it was man. it was being... He kept that same energy? Retweeted by millions. So he didn't keep that same energy. We'll tell you all about it when we come back right after this. I'm Scott. That's James. This is ESPN Lafayette, the best ticket in sports. You, my friend. I'm glad I did this test on you, the friendship test. What? You got the best seat in the house. ESPN Lafayette. ESPNLafayette.com and the ESPN Lafayette app. Sports talk that's so legit, it smells like beer and chicken wings. I mean, can't you smell it? I'm smelling barbecue, too. ESPN Lafayette, ESPNLafayette.com, and the ESPN Lafayette app. Keep talking about my squad. Our personnel ages, the way they play, he stays injured. We're past our time in this league, etc., etc., etc. Do me one favor, please. And I mean, please keep that same narrative energy when it begins. That's all I ask. Hashtag thank you, King Crown. Welcome back into ESPN Lafayette. Great Scott Show. I'm Scott Fraser. That's James Butler. That was a tweet. I would say we can call LeBron James a prophet. Yeah. Because he wanted everyone to keep that energy, and boy, are they. They're keeping that energy. It, it, when, when, the, when, when the Lakers went the Russell Westbrook route, which per reports was very much LeBron James was, was heavy on that, mm-hmm. um, instead of them seeking DeMar DeRozan or maybe Buddy Heald, they went Westbrook, and Westbrook, even though he's a top 75 player of all time, from a fit standpoint, it felt like a bad fit immediately. It was right. like, really? They did have some older players on the roster. They did have some injury things. And LeBron sent that out with, um, I would say, a lot of fervor, a lot of passion when he did back in August. And finally deleted it a couple of days ago because oh, it was, you can't delete that tweet. Just yeah. let it ride. Yeah, just you, it I ride. mean, it's still everywhere. Everyone has screenshots of it. Like, just let it ride. I, you almost bring more attention to it by deleting it. So now it looks, it looks even worse. Like, it does. It looks even worse now. You realize the Lakers have on their roster a combination at the start of the season, 57 all-star selections combined on their roster. So, do you think it didn't work just because of the simple fact they had Russell Westbrook? Or you think that was part just... of it? It's a lot of stuff that injuries, bad chemistry, not a great coach. LeBron's older. AD isn't. He's not as mentally strong on the floor as LeBron is. Whenever it's like handle the load, I mean, I mean, we can we can stay a whole hour on that subject. Um, but. That facetious tweet coming back now when the Pelicans essentially knock them out 
last Friday, and in doing so, also likely going to get their draft pick, which is pretty hilarious mm-hmm. as well. Um, it is, it is not good in Lakerland right now. And for those that love to hate the Lakers, they're in, they're enjoying this right now. Oh, definitely, they're enjoying this right now. I I didn't realize. I mean. I did realize, but once I got on social media, I, I actually seen how how much the fans were like just going in on, on on Lakers fans and just saying like just going back and forth and just like the things that they were saying. Just oh, it, there's there's some there's some real passion there, my oh, friend. Oh, I, I know, I can they, tell. You talk about um, just how do I put it? Sometimes delusional for sure, but I would just say, like, for a fan base with 17 championships, they'll just get in your mentions for, like, anything. And it's like, don't you have 17? Like, why are you so insecure all the time? You know what I mean? Uh, There's there's this entitlement Mm -hmm. from that fan base that rubs, you know, other fan bases the wrong way. So whenever they do fall it um you know they fall hard and and people are going to laugh at them and they are but like james is 37 davis is 29 westbrook's 33 carmelo's 37 dwight howard's 36 every bradley's 31 wayne ellington's 34 kent baysmore is 32 ariza's 36 deandre jordan's 33 rondo's 36 i say that actually few of those guys are a year older now that was Mm -hmm. all their ages at the start of the season um yeah, it's it's also an age thing. There's there is such a thing as being too old in a young man's game. Now no, the the other thing is with LeBron and, and social media. This this thing that I learned has to be strategic from clutch. But for all the Lakers losses this year, you know on Twitter, I guess because now teams have all that stuff sponsored, they have to post a final like yeah. even in a loss. Yeah. And it's it's kind of funny, but like I know he's Just about. not our night or yeah. so close. Or, you know, LeBron gave it his all, but it wasn't enough. For every single loss this year, the Lakers, not a single time, had LeBron in a photo in one of their losses. What? Not, Are you serious? Not a single time. Malik Monk, who's been a good rookie, if you only looked at social media, you'd be like, dang, man, this guy stinks because he's in like, he's like all, so many it's, it's all, I, got, I have to go look at Even this, though man. You go look, every one of, when they're posting like a final, like yeah, the game's know, yeah, over, yeah. not a single one has LeBron in it. That's got to be like strategy and like an agreement between like Clutch and the team, right? Yeah, I have to. Right? has to be. Unless, unless they just feel like because he's the face that they don't want to. No man, they, like come that. on. I mean, it's that's that's something. Okay, so I see this one final from Arizona. They have Carmelo Anthony on there. Sure. Look, you can go, James. You can go all the way back to October. You're not gonna find it. I'm going back to the last game before that one. ESPN Lafayette. Um, age. Anthony Davis's injuries. I mean, he's missed more than a month with an MCL sprain. Another month with a foot injury. Um, Lots of stuff, right? Letting some guys leave that were good fits. It just and the fact that they don't have any future draft capital right now at all. I, I don't I don't think this thing is gonna get better for the Lakers anytime soon. I don't. I don't like how Anthony Davis all of a sudden got the confidence to get in people's face and fight people and do all of that and try to be, you know, on the forefront when he was with us. He never did any of these things. Yeah, I, I don't I don't want to get 
Uh, whatever. It does. It doesn't bother me. Uh, that I mean, bothers the fact me. That the Lakers are arguing with each other. That bothers me because why you couldn't be that kind of leader when you were here? I mean, what's why? How is that him? How is him arguing with Dwight Howard leadership? Uh, Dwight Howard, he got how Jackson Hayes face. You oh, know, you mean, oh, you mean the opposing team? Yeah. Like, oh no, I mean it's he would never do any of that. So why are you doing that now? Jay says Pelicans aren't winning anything, so go ahead and get off on pettiness. Who said that? Oh, oh, believe me, <laughs> believe me. They, they, pl- p- pl- the, the pettiness will be plentiful, and oh, it will continue to be. Definitely, it will continue 100%. to be. So you're right. There will, you, you know, they might not win anything, but uh, the pettiness will be tenfold. Is it true that after LeBron James hit that air ball, that? Brandon Ingram said, little brick. Is this, that real? The, the, the video makes it seem like when he's walking off the court, it could have been what he was saying. But yeah. then there's another angle where it looks like he might be saying, like, Willie Green. Like, so who knows? I don't know. Because if he's saying little brick, that just validates everything that we're saying. And that just means that the players feel the exact same way we do. Well, I, I think, look, when you're when you're losing, teams are going to give it. Do you, I mean, you remember when the Lakers got – Trounced by the Timberwolves a few weeks ago when uh-huh. Pat Beverly was doing Yeah, it. he was like, he stinks. And Carl He's Anthony trash. Towns, I mean, they were doing it yeah. in their face like the whole game. I mean, yeah. it, there, there is undeniably, when you're the L.A. Lakers and when you're LeBron James uh-huh. on the Lakers, yeah, but good or bad or somewhere in the middle, there is going to be a target and there's going to be a strong reaction from fans, from players around the league, from everywhere, mm-hmm. from everywhere, yep. no matter what. Keep that same energy, Scott. Keep that same keep energy. Keep that same energy, man. You can, was... talk about, you can talk about the Lakers and all that stuff, but keep the same energy, man. Keep that same energy. But don't worry, we're going to keep the same energy. James has got to go. You got a pro day to get to or something? Nah, what if, dude, what if you, all right, last question. What if you had called UL this week, you're like, can I attend pro day? Because you'll see some players that like have been mm-hmm. out for a few years now. It's mm-hmm. been like eight years for you, and you're in a different stage in your life. Do you think they would have been like, "All right, James, come on"? I don't know if they would have taken me seriously. <laughs> I don't know if they would have taken me seriously because they would have been like, "You literally just escorted us to Georgia State's football game, yeah, and now you're trying to do pro day. Why not?" Troy Wingard would have been like, "No, like no." Would you just try to put a guilt trip on him? Like, nah, he, oh, what's the deal? I, I would have called him and said, "Hey, man, as soon as the word like, as soon as the PR and pro day would have came out of my mouth, it is no. Shut it down. What former players did do pro day though? Uh, it was the, it were all just players that just finished this year. They didn't. So have it any, wasn't this any. this time. They did not have any okay. from from the past. No, but um, it's good times, man. You know what, Scott? Maybe I should do pro day next year. Don't do that. You just gave me an idea. Don't do that. I, I don't want you to sit. I don't want you to pull a hammy. I'm not. I don't want you running. I'm not. What if you and I just raced in a 40? Dude, you're going to lose. Yeah, but the question is by how much? Yeah. Yeah. Can, how, much how much are you willing to bet that you would have me by like a whole second? Scott, what I'm trying to let you realize is. I still got it, man. Uh, and and I'm faster than you think. I'll just say that. I still got it, man. I'm faster than you think. Listen, when you said when you was on the basketball team, you said you averaged like three points a game or something like that. How do you think that's going to be able to I don't about? know. I just wanted to, <laughs> just, wanted to just throw that out there. First of all, I averaged a good. Ten? 
something. Eight to ten. Yeah. Eight to ten. Yeah, that's pretty cool. That was a long time ago. Talking like middle school here, junior high. It's been so a minute. Play, so you didn't play in high school? I didn't play. I, I played. I played in a city league like early in high school, but I did not. I didn't play in high school. I didn't try yeah. for the high school team. Yeah. Oh man, I was on the speech team. I was up on stage doing plays. And that's that's what led you here. That's crazy. I mean, I don't know if it's what led me here, but it didn't hurt. It definitely helped, man. You you have you have a knack for the spotlight, James. You show, have you ever been in plays? Yeah. Yeah. Well, what 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 play were you in? The Temptations. No, I'm just really, playing. I was about to sing us a number out, James. No, man. I'm not Come on. Doing that. No. No. Come on, let's see. Nah, it. man, I wasn't in no plays, man. I was just, you know, I was too busy. Too busy balling. Too busy balling <laughs> out, man. That's James yeah. Butler. How can they follow you on Twitter? You always do this, man. Can you what? just ask like, you just, to pl- ask you to plug my handle stuff? out? Can you just give my That's handle? That's not how out? it works. I'm trying All to right, help man. you out. Give me your handle. My first name and last name backwards. So S E M A J R E L T U B. That's my Twitter handle. You know what? I might I might be saying that wrong actually S-E-M-A-J-R-E-L-T-U-B. because every time M A J R E L T U B. Is, so there's not a number after that? No. It's not a number? All right, just that make it so. That is his Twitter right, handle. Yeah, yeah, it's my Twitter handle. James is going to take off. It's great to see you, my friend. All right, man. Good to see you all, Stay too. tuned. 8 o'clock yeah, hour. Open safe. phone lines in the first segment. Andy Melanson at 8.15 to talk Masters. Brad Topham around 8.40. We'll talk about last night's UL baseball game. A little bit of LSU and Major League Baseball opening day today. It's all coming your way. Don't go anywhere. This is ESPN Lafayette, the best ticket in sports. Scott Show. And as they head into the final furlong, all of the other radio stations and radio hosts are left in the wake of a keen turn of speed by the great Scott Show, the champion. With Scott Prather. Steal the show. Welcome in to the Great Scott Show on a Thursday. Big thanks, James Butler, for hanging out last hour. Coming up in uh, nine minutes, we'll visit with Andy Malonso and talk about the Masters. A tradition like none other. The idea that if Tiger can walk, Tiger can win. Is there any chance he can win the Masters? I'm going to say no. I shouldn't say no. I mean, never say no chance, right? And when he won a few years ago, it was pretty incredible. It was pretty incredible. I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm interested to see what Brooks Kepka does. He looks healthy. If he is healthy, he can win it. But he's one of those guys that whenever things start going against him, sometimes he mentally checks out. I think the start for Brooks today and tomorrow are big. For his mindset and whether or not he has a shot to win it. Justin Thomas, very interesting. But, you know, Tiger, who keeps, you know, scheduled to to start 
in an hour or so and last said, as of now, I plan on playing. The cameras are going to follow him everywhere. Everywhere. Roy McElroy trying to complete his Grand Slam by winning the Masters. He's come close. He hadn't got it done. You know, does like how many more chances is he going to have to realistically win a Grand Slam, win the Masters, and complete the deal, seal the deal? This is this. The clock is ticking. The clock is ticking. And then DeChambeau is just someone that's you know easy to root against. So I will be more on that coming up. In, uh, in just a couple of minutes. 269-1077-337-269-1077. Emails. You can email me, scott at ESPNLafayette.com. This one comes to us from Jake. Scott, I know you're a Mets fan, and with your star pitchers already dealing with injuries, do you think it's another disaster of a season for the Mets? <laughs> oh, God. I mean, why shouldn't I, right? Um, I, I look. The Mets aren't going to win the East. That'll probably be the Braves. And the fact that Degrom is out heading into the season, but Steve Cohen's money, you know, they it, it's not. They've invested in some good players. There's a lot of depth on the Mets this year, and so while I don't think they're going to. Uh, win the division, I do think they'll be a wild card. I think the Padres will probably be a wild card as well in the NL. Which, honestly, I, I would I would, I would, would sign off on that right now. Postseason? Sure. Sure. Let's do it. Why not? We'll talk more Major League Baseball a little bit later on in the hour. Uh, Clark emails. Scott, can you help me with something? A friend of mine last night told me that Andy Dalton will wear number 91 for the Saints. That seems ridiculous. I thought Saints couldn't wear numbers. I think you, what you meant to say was I thought quarterbacks couldn't wear numbers in the 90s. Help me out. Um, yeah, he's not he, He's not going to wear number 91. Now, your friend isn't wrong in that he's that's the number he's assigned. Like if you go to the Saints website, that's what they'll have him listed as. But that's just because the numbers haven't been they haven't been assigned yet. That's all. They haven't been assigned yet. Last year, I think Mac Jones entered training camp wearing some ridiculous number, like in the '60s or something. Um, so it'll, yeah, just because it's listed down on the website. No, quarterbacks are not allowed to wear numbers in the '90s, for the record. Andy Milosaw coming up in a few minutes. Let's take uh, one quick phone call. Good morning. Welcome into the show. Hello. Yeah, man, I heard a stat that um, LeBron, uh, Anthony Davis, and Westbrook only played a total of 21 games. Yeah, uh, together went, this they, season. Went, they went 11 and 10 in those games. Um, yeah, but like I said, uh, we, we come on. It, you know, it takes chemistry. It takes it takes a while for players to know, you know, I, like I said, I didn't like the Westbrook deal. I didn't think anything of it. I, I would rather them. You know, trying to make a trade for uh, Buddy Hill. Then, I, then I'm hearing this story about DeRozan. You know, um, about wanting three, and I think they only offered him two years. Uh, if that's true, the way um, that guy can shoot too, been a totally different team. 
Yeah, and then I'm, I'm sure he doesn't need the same space. Or he doesn't need the same spots. You know, LeBron and Westbrook, it's just that, that it could work if Westbrook would say, hey, man, I think you'll be a better for this team. Work for the second unit, a six-man. But, of course, you know, his ego is not going to allow him to, to do that. The Lakers didn't have um, great depth. They didn't. Uh, age right. caught up like I with said, him. losing Pope, losing Caruso. I didn't like Caldwell Pope losing Caruso. Yeah. I didn't like. I, I felt that those guys were spark plugs. I felt those guys were basically defensive-minded type players who gave a three here and there. You know, they'll come up. You know, you'll, you'll get upset with them here and there, but they know their role. Um, like I said, it's all fun, man. It's all it's all cool. You know, um, that's that's what sports is now. You know, Let, let's just. You know, like I said, man, I think when anyone, not just that, I'm saying you, like I've seen someone on social media, well, I told you Anthony Davis is going to get hurt, and then cheering about it. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> it's, it's all good, you know. So, um, like I said, the Pelicans, well, what's their rate? What's their situation now? Are they ninth or 10th? They're ninth. And who's 10th? The Spurs? Yeah. They'll, they'll, they'll probably host the Spurs on Tuesday in a play in. Um, there's a chance they could lose, you know, ground and be the 10 and not the 9 and go to San Antonio, but they're likely going to be the 9. And if they win that game, then they'll probably play the Clippers uh, in L.A. I, I think, that, I, look, the Timberwolves are good. Um, I think they're going to win the 7-8 matchup. And then, uh, you know, there's actually a still, st- it's not going to happen. There's there's still even an outside chance they could get to 6. That hadn't been locked yet, but I don't think they're catching Denver. Um, so it'll probably, you know, I think a week from today, I'm predicting the Pelicans are going to play at the Clippers and, you know, if they lose the season's over or if they win, they, you know, they get to go play the Suns and lose in the first round. Let me ask you this. What's could, that? Could you predict that this team, could you predict that this team will win a title, the Pelicans in the next five years? No, I couldn't predict that. Why would I? I mean, <laughs> The so basically, not saying you. So basically, most Pelican fans just get off on uh, the great, uh, a good franchise is losing or a great player. That's no, what they get I, off I, I don't, I don't, I don't get off on a great franchise losing. I think when you're on social media a lot and you're constantly being put down and you're getting into it about how bad your trade is or how much your players suck or no one wants to be there, and uh, and then you own a draft pick and then you add in the fact that they beat them this year and they have a marquee player, like you said. It's all fun. But, yeah, they're going to enjoy the pettiness. And um, I'm here for it. It's fun. It's fun. And from a Pelican standpoint, <laughs> aside from the Lakers, you know, they, they finally seem to have a, a good coach in place and some players that actually want to be there. And that hasn't been the case for a while, for a long time, maybe arguably ever. I mean, you got to go back to, like, Byron Scott and Chris Paul early in his career um, the last time, you know, you had a, a good coach and players that wanted to be there. You know, all this take that, you know, Zion's going to play the play-in game. Like, <laughs> I, I, That's not going to happen. Now, if they if they somehow get into, the you know, a series with Phoenix, it's a possibility. I wouldn't bet on it. Again, I wouldn't bet on it because I've been saying, oh, yeah, I don't think he's going to play. But he's not going to come in a play-in game. And it would be silly to do that anyway. You know, there's, you don't want to – you're going to bring him in for a play-in game that's win or go home when he hadn't played all year? Like, come on, don't do that. Now, uh, Anthony Davis, man, like I said, I don't, I don't get caught up in this, oh, he stayed hurt, he this and that street clothes, because, you know, uh, basketball. Cause it, it's funny, like Charles Barkley saying this, Barkley, you stayed hurt. You know what I'm saying? Like, 
you know, maybe at the uh, end of his career, but guess what? He's hurt. Like, uh, man, Anthony Davis, I just think he just, they need to, I, I don't, first of all, he plays like a fish. Like, he's always on the ground. Like, he, he needs he needs better body control, man. Like, he just, he's just too awkward at times out there, even though he's a great player. Um, yeah, it's all these little nagging injuries. I don't like this, man, because that, that, that takes a toll eventually. And, and, and um, it, it, it seems like the little naggy ones have added up more. You know, it's never been something chronic in one spot. It's always been, you know, a different injury here or there that keeps him out for a long time. I mean, that's that was true in New Orleans, and that's true right now in L.A. And as he gets older, I don't know that that's going to, you know, go in the opposite direction. I would think, you know, it's probably going to continue to happen, maybe happen more often. Like, it's weird, man. Like, he needs to find a, like, a, like I don't like I don't like the way his body looks. Like, he looked too big playing out of that body. Like, his frame just... He looks weird. I don't, I don't know, man. Um, I don't know what's up. Hopefully he he, is, he was not. I mean, if this probably one of the worst seasons of his career since like year number one or two. And back then, he just wasn't. He wasn't. It wasn't because he was hurt. It just he wasn't good enough yet. Yeah, a lot of that, you know, coming into the league condition. Who knows, man? Right, just playing with a franchise like the uh, the Hornets or the Pelicans, whoever it was back then. I'm sure that didn't help either. He had some. Look, good, man, he had a, some really. Uh, he, he never. He never had a year in New Orleans as bad as the one he's having right now in L.A. As in what wins, stats, play on the court, all of it. And he wasn't playing with anyone close to as good as he's playing with in L.A. This has been the worst season of his career. <laughs> it's a fact. It's a fact. Wow, man. man. Whatever, man. Have I a got good say, man. Injuries. I, injuries. Injuries took his toll this year, Thank and um, they're not in the playoffs. And like I said, um, I got a, I got, I got Andy Malasson. We're two minutes over. I got to go, Thank man. You. I appreciate it. We'll be right back talking the Masters. One minute. Don't go anywhere. Hey, this is Rich Eisen. You can hear me every day on ESPN Lafayette from noon to three on the Rich Eisen Show. You, my friend. I'm glad I did this test on you, the friendship test. What? You got the best seat in the house. ESPN Lafayette. ESPNLafayette.com and the ESPN Lafayette app. Because you can't. You won't. And you don't stop. Because you can't. You won't. And you don't stop. Oh, and you can't. You won't. And you don't stop. ESPN Lafayette, best ticket in sports. I'm Scott Prather. It's the Great Scott Show. Joining me now is Andy Melanson, corporate sales executive at GolfBalls.com, manager of retail operations as well over there on Arno Drive. The man loves golf. He knows golf. Friend of mine, friend of the program. Good morning, Andy. What's going on? How are you? Scott, man, everything's well. How about yourself? Things are well, man. Things are well. I got to ask you uh, before we get into golf. What is your uh, what's your favorite Beastie Boys song of all time? Oh man, it's got to be uh, "Fight for Your Right to Party," man. There you go. I remember that back in the day. That's right. What is today like for you, as somebody like I? You know me. I I follow the majors in golf, but I don't I don't know the sport, live the sport the way you do. I mean, this is this is every golf lover's you know favorite few days of the year. So when things got underway this morning at Augusta, like do you wake up every year like the first day of the Masters, like a kid on Christmas. Oh, it's crazy. So I woke up this morning immediately checked because I knew some weather was in you know 
went through the area overnight. I got a good buddy in Atlanta who's been giving me updates. Uh, so I, I knew it was going to get off to a late start. So I wanted to watch the, uh, the honorary T, you know, the, the starters go off and, um, usually on the app, they'll, they'll stream it. You know, sadly I was driving my kid to school today, so I had to miss it. But, um, you know, I, I was, you know, the second I got up, I checked to make sure and, and see if it was delayed. Sure enough, it was, uh, which kind of threw a wrench in the chain, but you know, they're, uh, they're just getting off the box and, you know, first groups are, are, are going through the what fourth and fifth hole right now. So it's, uh, you know, it's an exciting day for me, man. It, uh, you know, I, I get opening day times too. I mean, you got baseball opening day today also. So big Astros fan. So, you know, once all the Masters hype and, and uh, the cover to the day rolls off, it'll, uh, it'll turn to that. So it's a good day for Andy. It's a good day for Andy. I think the Astros right. are going to win the AL West too. And not just because they're good, but I mean, I mean, who's going to pick the Angels or the Mariners? Let's be real. Yeah. Um, Tiger. So Tiger Woods, he's set to tee off in what a little over an hour. Um, uh, actually, he's supposed to tee off any minute. It's uh, eight fifteen over there, so they're they're behind schedule. So he should be teeing off shortly. But uh, so they're going to go off possibly. Soon. So Andy might have to hang up when Tiger gets there. <laughs> and the guy hasn't. Uh, like, I, I trust me. I got I got the stream on. I'm just waiting. Fifteen time major champion hasn't played pro golf since 2020 after that car accident in 2021. Uh, almost had to have his leg amputated. And then when he played that PNC championship with his son in December, folks are like, oh, okay, maybe something happened. Like, I, I, I love it. I'm glad, he's, I'm glad he is. You know, he said it's a matter of if he can walk. Uh, it's obviously good for the sport. But is there, is there too much conversation of, oh, can he win it? Because it's just they, people want the story, but in reality it's just we need to just be honest with ourselves. He's not going to win it. I mean, can he win it? Man, all right, so let's go back and look. How many times have we said there's no way he can win it? Looking at other players, you know, look at Zach Johnson, 07 at the Masters, Ben Crenshaw, 95, Olafabel when he won it the second time, even Angel Cabrera. You know, there's guy, this golf course is not the same. You know, it's not like a U.S. Open setup where, you know, you know you're going to get X amount of players so you can almost immediately eliminate. You know, this golf course is a little different. This golf tournament's a little different. Um, you know, Jack in 86, no one thought he was going to ever win that. But sure enough, he did. So, I mean, yes. Are the odds against him? I would say so. I mean, I think Vegas puts him at, <laughs> at 50 to 1. I think that's generous. But Very generous. I think he's Tiger Woods, man. He knows that golf course. He knows how to play that tournament. He knows how to intimidate his peers. Uh, I, I, you know, I, I didn't look. We got an office pool. I didn't take Tiger. I, I'm kind of kicking myself because I didn't because I always do. But I, I really don't think that, you know, his game's in the right place to win. But am I going to say there's no chance? Absolutely not. I guess you can't with Tiger. You have to ask the question just because it is Tiger Woods. So um, who is, in your mind, a couple of guys that uh, – let me ask you this way. So Tiger Woods is going to have the most attention, most cameras. Hopefully he makes the cut. But – other than Tiger Woods, what what player or players have your interest the most this week? Whether just because you think they can win it, maybe it's because of their story, their recent play. Who are the guys that you you know what? I got to make sure I'm in front of a screen when they're teeing off. So, Scotty Scheffler has played so well in the last what three four months. 
um, got a local connection. His, his caddy, Ted Scott, from the area, played high school golf in, in uh, at Karen, I mean, uh, at Como, lives, you know, still in town, uh, does a lot within the community here. So a lot of people in the local community are going to be pulling for Scotty Shuffler, um, new, number one in the world. Um, I'll be pulling for him as well. Uh, he's playing great golf. He's got the right shots and the right type of ball flight that suits the golf course pretty well. So, you know, we'll see. Um, you know, not having a lot of master's experience is going gonna, is gonna to kind of be a knock on him. Um, you know, Colin Morikawa, he's one of the best ball strikers with the irons that's, you know, alive right now. Uh, he's going to have a good chance to win. Uh, Dustin Johnson won, what, 2020 in the, in the November rerun. So, yeah, I think he's going to be one to look at. Uh, I would love to say Rory, but he's uh, he his his short game's not really in great shape right now, so he's going to struggle uh, when it comes to his wedge playing around the green. So, you know, it's Rory, so you never know. But you know, looking at what his recent body of work is, I, I you know I don't I don't think that highly of him coming into this week. But man, if if Scotty Scheffler could win it, that would be huge. I mean, he's on this ridiculous tear right now. He's you know, kind of got the the eye on him of the rest of the golf industry. So, you know, I think, um, you know, between the guys that are in the, let's say the top 10 or 15 in the world, they're, you know, they're the ones that are going to have the best bets. But, you know, I really like Scotty this week. Um, we'll see. Andy I'll be honest with you. I'm, I'm pulling for Patrick Cantlay just because Caesars put a prop bet, what, three months ago. <laughs> For him to win at plus 2,000, so there it is. I jumped on it. There it is. Uh, ESPN Lafayette, Andy Malosa, our guest. We're talking about the Masters. Uh, let me ask you about Sam Burns, the guy. I think he's from, what, a small little – I'm not going to call it a suburb of Ruston because that's not what it is. But he's from the Ruston area, played at LSU. He's 25. He, um, I think he finished 26th at the Players' Championship he, uh, he's coming off of a win in the Valspar Championship. Uh, obviously, it's totally different than what he's about to face. But, you know, I, I was trying to find a Louisiana connection. You mentioned the caddy. Uh, but in terms of a golfer, Sam Burns, I, I don't know a ton about him. I just know he's from Louisiana. And uh, it would be cool if someone from Louisiana won just because what are they going to do at the champion's dinner the following year? Now I'm not picking Sam Burns to win, mind you, but like what, what, uh, tell me a little bit about this young man. And I think he's only 25, right? But he, he seems to be an up and comer in the sport. Yeah. Good young player. Um, so played golf high school wise in the Shreveport area. Um, you know, and was part of the David Thomas Academy, that whole, that whole thing that he started, um, quite a few years back. So really good player, obviously went to LSU and, and made his way on tour, but, um, you know, he's got a, he hits the ball a long way. He's, you know, he, it's his first masters. It's, it's only been done one time uh, or maybe twice, but last person to do it to win that first masters was fuzzy in 79. So, I mean, the odds are kind of stacked against him because it's kind of a deer in the headlights when you're at your first masters. It's, it's not easy to overcome, all the spectacle and hoopla to actually focus and, and compete. Um, you know, does he have the right game? Yeah, I think he's got the tools that, that this golf course needs. You know, he's plenty long enough off the tee. Um, you know, the, the golf course is demanding, but for players that hit it a long way, they, they have a huge advantage out there. So uh, I think that, that suits him well. Um, you know, how he's able to adapt and figure out the, 
the green complexes, that's going to be up to him. And, and you know, we'll see. I mean, I, I'm, I'm pulling for him. I like the kid. He's a super nice kid. Um, got to meet him before when he was really young, uh, like probably in his 12 or 13-year-old range. But, you know, I, I, I hope he does well. Yeah, you mentioned the uh, – the champions center. Who knows? I mean, it's Shreveport. It's not like it's last. Yeah, it's more. It's more so. Texas, Central Arkansas. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, um, Jordan Spieth. There's a name you haven't mentioned, uh, but a big name in the sport. Is this guy? Is he going to find his groove here? Or is he just going to be an afterthought this year in Augusta? You know, he's been he's retooled his game. Obviously, he's back up in the uh, in the world rankings. He's he's got a W under his belt from not that long ago. But what he's changed is his ball flight. He lowered and flattened his ball flight, which doesn't suit him as well for this golf course than some others. Um, you know, he's he's trying to pick up some yardage, which he struggled with a few years back. You know, now that some of the other players are hitting it way past him, you know, you saw Ricky Fowler do it. Uh, a lot of these guys are doing the speed training to try and pick up their, their ball speed and their distance numbers off the tee. Um, and, and his way of doing that, he had to lower his ball flight. So it's going to be a challenge for him. He doesn't spin the ball a ton in some, in some shot situations. So, you know, holding the greens on a lower trajectory uh, out, out here is, uh, is not quite as easy. Now what he does have in his favor is that the course is kind of saturated, so it's going to play a little, uh, a little softer, so that might help him. Um, but you know, he's suited for windy conditions, which I think they're expecting over the next day or two. So, you know, we'll see. I mean, it's, it's Jordan speed. He's, he's won here before. Uh, so he's got a, you know, he's got a knack to play this golf course. So uh, I would expect him to at least be in contention, whether he can, you know, get another jacket or not. It's up, you know, I don't know, but I don't, I don't really like his, his swing changes for the way that the Masters is set up. I, I think he's better suited for, for open championship type of play. ESPN Lafayette, the best ticket in sports. I'm Scott Prather, 103.3 on the FM, 1420 in the AM, streaming worldwide via the ESPN Lafayette app. That is brought to you by Champagne's Market and the Oil Center. Champagne's going the extra mile. Visiting with Andy Malasson right now, uh, executive over at golfballs.com. Check it out, Arno Boulevard in the uh, shopping center by the Asian market, Piccadilly, that good stuff. And uh, Annie and the crew there always doing a great job getting you any of your golfing needs. So you've been out to Augusta. You you are a golfing guy. For the casual fan, what makes Augusta Augusta? What sets it apart from everything else in the sport of golf? Well, for me, it's just it's the prestige. You know, it's the Masters. It's it's the, the hardest invitation to get. Um you know, I, I got the pleasure to go one time. What was it, 16? Uh, hopefully I get to go again. I'm not expecting to. But uh, it's it's kind of a, a, you know, you get out there. It's a different atmosphere. Uh, I've been to plenty of golf tournaments uh, over, you know, professional, whether it be Web or Corn Ferry Tour, PGA Tour. Uh, nothing compares. I mean, heck, I got a practice round in. That's all I got. It was a Wednesday practice round. Got to watch the part three. Uh, and just that atmosphere was so much different than anything I've ever been, you know, a part of. Um, I don't know, man. The golf course is just—it's just special. It's just a special place, special feeling, uh, special type of people that are out there. You know, I had a—you know—you look at the uh, the menus and it's super cheap, so it's nothing like you've ever seen before. You know, beers are two bucks, three bucks, sandwiches are a dollar. 
um, it, it's just it's they do it different there, and it's uh, it, it's certainly an experience for everyone if you're able to 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 take advantage of it, or, or if you're lucky enough to win the lottery like we did. Uh, it's it's a cool experience to be a part of, and uh, I just for me it's, there's just nothing like it. So why would they allow Dude Perfect and Bryson DeChambeau to you know have some little YouTube stunt video on the course? What are they doing? I mean, I, I was we were thinking the same thing. Somebody's mind and I were talking like Fred really came out and, and did a press conference talking about the youth movement that they're trying to instill. Uh, I mean, you see the the women's amateur and the chip drive and putt. Uh, so they're trying to attract it, and, and the, the the club is trying to be a little bit more youthful and, and progressive uh, within their membership and, and their, I guess, their uh, their presence just in the industry. You know, I mean, it's be perfect, man. Like, like they got so much following in in the sports realm, especially with our youth. Uh, I think that's, you know, they're just trying to be a little bit more proactive in, in attracting more young players, whether it be just to the club or to the sport or to the tournament. You know, I, I get it. I mean, how young? Like like six-year-olds? Like, my God. I mean, you could do something else. I don't know. I, I, All right, Callaway's seven. I'm yeah, surprised he's, he's about not. To be. I mean, what is he, what's his YouTube channel of choice? My kid watches Do Perfect. All the time, he's nine. His his cousin watches it a lot. Stuff. Yeah, yeah. No, they they they're they're gigantic. I get it. But you say youth movement. I mean, like they're going. That's the my point, right? I mean, your kid's that, nine. Yeah. It's like it's the you want to go. Do you really need like my thing is that's like that sounds like a baseball thing. Well, we need to get the youth. Like Augusta's ne- <laughs> Augusta's never been one for like we need to do something to get more engagement and interest. I mean, it's the Masters, you know. Like they're they have always prided themselves on we don't have to do anything. We do whatever we want. We, tradition. We don't. Yep. We don't the, the whole attitude of we don't need you. You need us. Has has worked for them for you know eighty six years. Anyway. I, I had to ask you that one as we wrapped it up. That is Andy Melanson. He is uh, geeked up. I don't blame him. All the golf fans out there excited because it is the 86th plane of the Masters at Augusta National. It started this morning. Andy, man, it's uh, it's great catching up. Uh, love to have you on the show again in the future, man. And uh, enjoy the golf this weekend, and I'll see you soon. Sounds good, Scott, man. Thanks for having me. You got it. That is Andy Melanson on ESPN Lafayette. <laughs> Coming up next, baseball. Cajuns come from behind, win last night at La Tech. We'll talk a little bit about LSU and the Major League Baseball opening day. Brad Topham joins me next right here on ESPN Lafayette, the best ticket in sports. Coulda, shoulda, and woulda. Back in 82, I used to be able to throw a pigskin quarter mile. Are you serious? They all play here. Coach would have put me in fourth quarter. We'd have been state champions, no doubt. ESPN Lafayette, ESPNLafayette.com and the ESPN Lafayette app. You, my friend. I'm glad I did this test on you, the friendship test. What? You got the best seat in the house. ESPN Lafayette. ESPNLafayette.com and the ESPN Lafayette app. Welcome back into the Great Scott Show. ESPN Lafayette, the best ticket in sports. Joining me now, he is in Ruston. About to drive to Jonesboro. Seeing um, different parts of the world on this road trip. Brad Topham, color analyst for Louisiana Region Cajun Baseball. Good morning, Brad. How's life? 
<laughs> you just said I'm seeing different parts of the world. I'd use a different expression for that. Well, I'm just trying to keep it PC here. Although Jay was um, Jay was sharing some opinions about uh, tech on the broadcast last night. Cajuns fall behind 6-1 last night against Louisiana Tech. Comeback win at 8-6. Cooper Rawls outstanding uh, in relief. Cajuns get the big inning. And while they had other chances, there were some, uh, I'll say, questionable calls when it looked like they were going to put some more runs on the board. But at the end of the day, they uh, they got a win. They split in a midweek series against a good baseball team. Um and a team with a good RPI, and now they get to go to Jonesboro and take on the team that is in dead last in the Sunbelt Conference. So last night, let's focus on that, Brad. What point in the game do you feel the momentum completely change? When Connor Kemple came up to bat, we were down 6-1. Um, and I said, you know, Jay, I said, it's, we have been getting dominated, but as crazy as it sounds, and look, the wind, the ball is carrying last night. The park is not big. I said, with Kemple right here, he can make it a two-run game in a hurry. And Jay said, you know, I'm thinking the same thing. Well, he didn't hit it out. But you know baseball. The odds of getting multiple singles in one inning aren't very good. And we just kept getting hits and drew walks. And, you know, just everything went your way that inning. And, yeah, it was Kemple. When Kemple came up, I said, this is the spot. I just felt like... That was a turning point to get us back in the game. I had no idea it would evolve into a seven-run inning. I mean, it's actually our largest inning in two years. But I thought that was the spot, and, you know, Kimple came through. Was the when, – when the Cajuns had the bases drunk and it looked like they were going to add more and uh, both calls by the umps there that had, I guess, certainly social media riled up, were they, um, were they as bad as they seemed to be from your standpoint? So I had to defend the home plate umpire just to be clear. Squeeze by the catcher jumped. I mean, the ball was that high. The catcher jumped and could not reach the ball. Austin Garrett went after it. If you're an umpire, you got a ball going up, so you're tracking. You got a bat thrown at it and a catcher jumping in front of you. I don't blame the home plate umpire if it was a missed call for missing it. The base umpire came in when they talked and overruled it and called it a foul ball. Here's the only problem with that, Scott. There were multiple base runners. And, you know, Danny Cook, our great guy up in the press box, actually called me last night. He and I were talking. He goes, you know, when the plate umpire turns his back to the field and watches the ball, he's telling the base umpires the ball is live. If they saw foul ball, they should have called it immediately because there were multiple base runners. So that was the first part. That was just a lack of taking control. The second one, Scott, was god-awful. Let me just set it up for you. Squeeze bunt goes over the first base side of the pitcher's mound. But because the bases are loaded, shortstop runs to third, second baseman's running to first, both corners are crashing. Well, once the ball gets down, Keith Hood takes off for second. When the ball went, got put down, the second baseman was running towards first deep. He then redirected and cut across Hood. Normally, when a guy's running downhill, you can see him out of your peripheral vision. But the guy was coming from behind Hood at an angle. There's no way Hood could have seen him. And if the guy fields the ball, he doesn't even throw it because there's absolutely no play. That's why it was a bad call from the umpire because that situation, technically contact, yes. But the gray area, the reality was there was no play to be made. And that is one of the things about interference. If there is no play to be made, then there actually is no interference that kind of thing. 
So, yeah, it was a bad call. Um, but, dude, you got to question Austin Garrett. The kid hadn't played in a month. He comes in because, honestly, you heard Coach Dex said he didn't like Julian to swings. And, you know, got three games. He's been catching every day. Let's give him a little break. And the kid will comes up and draws a walk. He has the skits to squeeze down. He came up with seven runners on base in three at-bats. He came up. So, got to credit the kid. But, yeah, um, the first call, I understand. Problem was it was the same base umpire. Both times made both calls. So, it uh, – I've never seen an assistant coach come get a head coach before he got tossed. Mm-hmm. But Seth Thibodeau came out the dugout to get Coach Degg so he wouldn't get tossed. I've never seen that before. Normally you see him come get him after they got tossed. But Seth tried to avoid the toss, come getting him early. Peyton Havard, is he, is, do you think he remains in, in a midweek starting role or is that possibly changing? I think he's got to change it. Um, I think he's earned the right to allow someone else to start. If, I, if you know if that makes sense, normally don't use that, that phrase in that way. But you know you, you can't keep getting off to this bad of a start. Um, they weren't cheapies. I found that Northwest uh, Nickel, excuse me, he he gets two strikes on guys and couldn't quite finish them. Yet last night he just you know you got beat up and look the way the game finished with a walkathon late after a good good outing and a good foot. I mean hell we're up we're up four three in the seventh. And all of a sudden, you can't get a single out, a close single strike. And for him to come out like that, dude, the team was flat and the team was dead. They really were. You needed a spark. And I never give up on these guys because they're veteran hitters and they've shown that they will come back. Um, yeah, I don't think you can let him just run right back out there. I, I just don't. I think well, you have to give somebody else a shot. Especially with how and Cooper Peyton, Ross look, played. You know, I mean. Well, look, that's just it. Look. He, at a certain point, it is about proof, proof of concept. And proof of Cooper Rawls didn't have much proof of concept. He didn't have much of an opportunity, but he also wasn't very good when he got out there. Well, Peyton Havard, last couple times out, you know, hadn't been real good. So you got, as a reliever, I'm not saying you give up on him. As a starter, yeah, I think you got to give somebody else a shot. ESPN Lafayette, the best ticket in sports, Brad Topamar guest. Uh, real quick on LSU, I know they only played Grambling this week. That series against Auburn. Um, I saw a little bit of one of the games against Auburn, just fielding errors. Do you feel like LSU to this point in the season, look, they're 20 and nine, but you talk about competition. I think uh, I, I said it was a show me weekend in Florida. Well, they showed a lot though. I mean, when they put up, you know, 27 runs in the two wins, but then losing a series at home to Auburn the following week, it's, it's kind of been, I would say up and down seems a little more down than up. Now that's, that's based on high expectations, mind you. Uh, do you feel like LSU to this point in the season has not met expectations, met them, surpassed them, or not even close? Where are you at with the Tigers real quick before I have a few MLB questions for you? I think they're on the downside because they've got Arkansas, Mississippi State, Ole Miss, and Vanderbilt left on their schedule. That's 12, that's 12 games right there against top 15 teams. Auburn and A&M were games they were supposed to win two out of three or sweep. They're in trouble. They are, they're in trouble, and they're going, they're going to be in – I don't think they get to 500 in SEC now. And the bottom line is they are – what is that? I think it's – I'll make sure I say it right. I think they're 14-0 and 0 against teams ranked 125 or higher than the RPI. They are 6-9 and nine against people in the top 125. They have not beaten good competition, and the, the, the awards we saw preseason still exist. 
They they put Colin Cranford at shortstop. They moved the starting shortstop Jordan Thompson to second base. They moved Kate Doty to third. They put Jacob Berry at third. Their defense stinks, and it's showing. And they're not overcoming it. I, I, I said they will have to win some games 13 to 11. And at this point, they haven't done it. Major League Baseball opening day. Your Braves, the defending Major League Baseball champions. Actually, won't even. I don't even like using the word defending. They're the they're the MLB champions 2021. They don't have to defend that title. They'll always have it. No one's going to take it away. Um, who is your favorite this year? In Major League Baseball, and uh, a lot of people are high on the Blue Jays. Who, who do you think the, the go-to team is here heading into the season? Who's the sexy pick right now in your mind? The, the sexy pick, you talk about Blue Jays, and I think, I'll be honest with you, a team you need to pay attention to is the White Sox. I agree. Um, but I agree Dodgers with that. The Dodgers are the best team. The Dodgers are the best team. Um, I, I think the Braves are every bit as good as the Dodgers. The only difference is... I ha- the Braves have some high-end arms in AAA that could come up with injuries. But those guys haven't gotten it done yet. Every time the Dodgers call somebody up, they get it done. So because of a 162 marathon, I have more faith in the Dodgers because of their depth. But the bottom line is, I'm telling you, Chicago is going to be good. If I had to put money on one team to get to the World Series from the AL, it would actually be Chicago. Um, I think they got there last year, and I always think it's a big deal Call before you walk. And I, I really think I'm not a big, you know, the Russa guy, but the other team I'll tell you that Scott, I think it's going to be fun to watch is Detroit. Detroit's got called up their top two prospects in green and Torkelson. They've got a couple, three really good, you know, Casey Mize, Scooball, some really good young arms. So that division is getting a lot better. And by the way, amazingly baseball, because of the new collective bargaining agreement, there's a lot of top-flight prospects that made the opening day roster that would not have made it before because now there's incentive for those guys. Interesting. I don't have Detroit anywhere on my radar, but you just put them there. Um, and I'm with you on the White Sox. Look, when, when you have a, the middle of your lineup, when you've got a Byron Buxton, Carlos Correa, Jorge Polanco, I mean, it's they, they've, they've got an arsenal there. They've got the weapons. I think they have the depth. I think they're good. I think the Astros. Like Minnesota, you mean? Uh, yeah. Yes. Correct. Sorry. Sorry. Uh, the Twins is the team, not the Tigers, yeah. but that that I think would challenge the White Sox in that division. Correct. Um, what did I say? The White Sox. I mean, I am big on the White yeah, Sox. Don't so get me wrong. But the Twins, I think they're the team. I feel like has has a better chance to to surprise in that division. Oh, don't give me away. Don't let me confuse you. I'm sorry. I don't mean the Detroit Tigers are going to challenge. Okay. I mean, I think it could be fun to watch as an up and coming team. No, see, here's my problem, Minnesota dude. Buxton's really good. Buxton's injury prone. He just is. The guy doesn't play much. When he plays, he's great. I, I don't know. And do you really believe Minnesota will go out and add payroll if they have a if they have a need? I just don't buy into it, and I just well, sometimes. I mean, I neither will the, the Rays won't either. But there are teams that can still nope. get in there. I mean, to your point about the White Sox, something happened. I still like them to win that division. I just think if anyone's going to challenge them, it, it would be Minnesota. That's kind of where I'm sure. at with it. Yeah. So no, I think Minnesota. Minnesota's over 500. I think injury injuries will determine how far over 500 they are. You know, like anybody, but I just don't think they can overcome a ton. Whereas other teams, I think the Astros can overcome. I think the Astros have a lot of offense. I think they can overcome some injuries on offense. Pitching-wise, that's a different story. But on, you know, position player-wise, I think they can. And I don't think they're going to miss Korea as bad as some people want to say. 
I think there's a lot of offense on the Astros. Yeah, yeah. Houston, Houston, that's their division to lose. Um, I think the Braves yeah, are probably the, oh. the, 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 the division winners in the East, although, you know, the Mets, uh, as usual, they get us excited Injury. in an offseason, and then uh, by the time opening day rolls around, we're already uh, just depressed. But they, um, you talk about owners willing to spend money. I mean, Steve Cohen will do it. I do think the Mets will be a wild card team. But, uh, but no, the Braves, I mean, the Braves are the division winner, right, in the East? I think so. I think the one thing to remember, the, the, the biggest, the only issue you have is health. Everybody has a health problem. The problem with the, uh, with the Mets is the health problem is DeGrom. Dude, if DeGrom were to, I mean, he's already down. Look, he's out four weeks before he can throw. He's one week into that. Then he has to ramp back up. He will be back, and when he comes back, he'll be dominant. But you're going to get 20 instead of 32 out of him, starts-wise. You know, you've got Scherzer. They're already talking about the uh, the, uh, the knee repair for one starter. He came out. He's ginger, so you, you know he's going to be fighting that all year. And then Carlos Carrasco, I love him, but I don't think he's ever going to be back to pitch he was before yeah, cancer. Like Chris Bassett's so, underrated, I think. And offensively, I think Lindor, I mean, he can't. He's got to bounce back. I don't know. Maybe, maybe oh, no, I'm you're going to have offense. You know, like. No, no, I, no. I'll, I'll give you this. Your offense will be much better, Scott. You're going to be lot much of depth. better on offense. This there's, year. there's a lot of depth yeah, compared be better in offense. the past. So that's why I think, you know, wild card. And sometimes that's all you need. But Major League Baseball opening day delayed a little bit, but it's here. Um, one team uh, we haven't brought up, the Brewers. I think a lot of people high on the Brew Crew. Final team we'll kind of take a look at, but. Why do you? Um, what are your thoughts on the Brewers? And you feel like they're the winner in the Central, or are you leaning toward someone like uh, St. Louis? No, uh, Brewers going to be the winner. I don't have any question about Incredible that. Incredible pitching, uh, right? Couple, I mean, it's just how pitching, can you pick against pitching. them? Yeah, yeah, it's pitching that goes deep. By the way, it's pitching that goes deep to a short bullpen. I mean, by short, I mean they don't need a lot of arms. But Scott, the one—if you want your sleeper team—and I hate to say it, because it's unfortunate—is watch the Phillies. The Phillies, I don't know. They made some additions, and I think some guys have bounced back. I think the Phillies are going to be a little bit closer to what we thought they should have been last year. I won't be shocked if the Mets, Phillies, and Braves all make the playoffs and San Diego misses again. I, I won't be shocked. Ooh. Speaking of division, putting yeah, a lot division. of teams in there. I think the AL East could put four playoff teams in as well. Oh, God, yeah. Poor Orioles. I mean, you got the Rays, Red Sox, Yankees, and Blue Jays. Good luck. Um, yeah. It's going to be And the Orioles got to play a 78 game for the Orioles. Thank you very much. Unbelievable. All right. That is uh, going to do it for um, the great Scott Show's Mike Bernard just burst into the studio when I'm on the air, so you could tell him hi, Brad. There you go. <laughs> there you go. Mike just, Mike just hi, burst Mike. in and looks at me like, hey, what's going on? I don't know. Mike is doing a radio show here, you know. <laughs> just what are you wearing? Boy, just he's working. got on some cologne, too. I can smell it. Wearing his LSU gear. What's going on, Bandit? Now he's, now he's, now he's looking at me like he wants to hit me. <laughs> That's the man. See, he brought me, he brought me gifts. I, 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 you know, it's, good, I, it's always good to see him. You know they call him the Bandit. So that's my guy. Uh, Brad, appreciate it, man. Uh, safe travels up to Jonesboro, and we'll, uh, we'll talk to you soon, all right? All right, Brad. Thanks for the call. You got it. That is Brad Topham. Thanks to him, to Andy Malawson, to James Butler, to the listeners, to callers. It's been a fun morning. I'll talk to you guys tomorrow. Uh, I'll have a segment with Gus Cagno, and rumor has it one Norman Locke might be in town for like a day or two. I might have to just bring him in here just so we can we can slap each other around with words. Bring it. 
I don't know. I feel like I need to, to sharpen my sports debate skills. So Norm might be in tomorrow in studio. If he is, I know we'll have some fun. Dan Patrick shows next. Enjoy Augusta, everybody. This is ESPN Lafayette, the best ticket in sports.